He said, tell me something interesting about yourself. And I said, well, I worked on, um, I worked on the movie Braveheart last summer. Um, because, I, you know, and he was like, wow. Like he was kind of, he was impressed. He was like, wow, that's amazing. I told him a little bit about working on Braveheart, meeting mm. Mel Gibson, all that kind of stuff. You know, how exciting. Well, he was kind of, wow, really impressed. And he was like, okay, fair enough. Well, you know, here shook hands you have a job come back here wearing a shirt and black trousers and you know next monday or whatever mm-hmm. and he was delighted with himself he went into the back office to tell the boss and it was the boss and then this other guy and the boss was from kildare i was from kildare the head of finances from kildare and he went <laughs> he, he went into said i've got a i've got an irish guy i got a great he's from kildare he said fucking you, you know you know what he worked on braveheart and the two lads looked at him ah jesus every fucker from kildare worked on braveheart <laughs> Hello and welcome back to another episode of Finterviews. I'm your host Connor Finn and on this week's episode I was over the moon to chat with someone who I've looked up to for many years now and was just so excited when they agreed to come onto the show. It is of course the brilliant Keith Walsh. Keith is a broadcaster, presenter, actor, playwright and fellow podcaster known for his eclectic career across Irish media and in particular presenting on RT2FM. We discuss Keith's whirlwind journey from working on Braveheart in County Kildare to escorting prostitutes from hotels in London, getting pranked by Sinead O'Connor and becoming one of the most respected names on the Irish airwaves. Keith was such a lovely, generous guest to have on the show and I was just so grateful that he took the time out to chat all about his life and career with me. So I think you guys are really going to enjoy this episode. So without further ado, please enjoy the latest interview with the brilliant Keith Walsh. Well, welcome back to another episode of Finterviews. This week, I am thrilled to have on the show. It is the fantastic Keith Walsh. How's it going, Keith? How's it going, uh, Connor? I, I had to agree to come on because uh, the title of the podcast is Finterviews and I've my son's name is Finn. So I said, yeah, it's meant to be. Well, I'll do that. No yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'll take whatever I can get at this stage. Do you know what I mean? Like whether it's charity, whether it's sympathy, um, that's all I'm really going for at the moment. Um, no, I'm delighted to have you on. Um, how's everything going with yourself anyways? Yeah, good. Uh, we are, you're in lockdown as well. Yeah, we're all in lockdown, aren't we? Um, we, I, this is, this lockdown is a bit different, I think. Mm. Uh, I'm trying to, it's a bit more difficult to keep yourself motivated. Um, but, but no, I'm in, I'm kind of enjoying it. I'm, I'm finding out a lot about myself and uh, and just trying to keep going, you know. But it's all good, you know. Yeah. It's not, I think I think lockdown one was better, but you know, lockdown. It's like the sequel, <laughs> you know. It's like the sequel movie that just they couldn't get the main characters back to play. It couldn't get the good actors back to play. It's like Dumb and Dumber when they did it with the guys that weren't the two main guys, you know, that's what it's like. <laughs> yeah, I get you. I mean, like you're resorting to have to talk to some specky kid on the internet. Like, so I mean, <laughs> I mean, a bit of a downgrade, like, yeah, you can't, people aren't really shaving their heads this time. There's a little less buzz around the air. I get you. Yeah. Mm. yeah it just isn't living up to its expectations. <laughs> <laughs> but um, Keith, for people that maybe don't know you, which I mean, rude, honestly, um, <laughs> Here's me being like, would you like to introduce yourself? But like, uh, for the rare opportunity that um, somebody doesn't know about you, about your work, what you're doing, tell us a bit about yourself, where you're from, and kind of your background, I suppose. Um, because I'm not going to try to tell you exactly what you do. I think that would uh, I'd probably butcher it if I tried to say, well, this is what you're known for. Uh- <laughs> uh, I don't have far to go back, you know. Um, Childhood, um, birth, uh, preferably. <laughs> Originally from Longford, um, yeah. Look, I'm uh, I am a radio presenter. I have that's m- what people might know me best for. I have presented on radio stations. Like my, my first paid job was Spin World Three in Dublin. That was about twenty years ago. About the same age as my as my daughter. Um, I've worked on iRadio. I've worked on Phantom. I've worked on few different places a few different radio stations 2fm is probably the biggest one uh, that people might know me from and i've done a bit mm-hmm. of television as well um and i was in bridget Neyman. i have done a bit of acting and uh yeah i think that's kind of pretty much it if you don't know me from any of those things then you just don't know me and that's okay 
that's and that's fine. all right. Yeah, you've just been living under a rock somewhere. Yeah, we get it. Like, oh, uh, <laughs> I won. A, I won a ju- I won a junior hurling medal uh, county final about about ten years ago for for Sarsfields in Newbridge. Uh, that's we, where we, I know you from. Oh God! Yeah, that might, that'll, be the, that'll be the other place. Oh, of course. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. there's a very niche audience uh, on this podcast. Uh, um, that's going to tick the box right, right off for them. So, yeah, that'll be my car description. I should have, I should have said that first. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The rest of stuff, it's just some background noise. Like, do you know what I mean? Um, <laughs> you have to prioritize. Yeah, your awards here, like. <laughs> No, but as you said, like, I suppose that's where I probably know you best from as well. Um, Hurling Championship. No, um, of course, um, you know, 2FM, iRadio, I've kind of, as so many people as well, um, would uh, be listening to, you know, growing up and uh, different things throughout the years. Um, but yeah, so um, and now podcaster, playwright. I mean, how many more can titles can you fit on <laughs> onto that? <laughs> yeah, well, like uh, when uh, when I finished up on Two FM, I had a bit more time in my hands. So yeah, writing was always a kind of a thing that I, I thought I'd like to get into, and uh, I thought so. I, I yeah, I got into writing. I got into writing through um, a therapist. I started going to see this therapist. Um, and he encouraged me to write a bit. So I, I did a bit of, um, I kind of had a bit of, done a bit of writing, you know. Uh, I would have always written sketches and comedy bits and, mm-hmm. and bits for, for the radio and television. But nothing, I never really took it that seriously. And the odd bit, newspaper article, uh, but I never really would have thought, thought myself as a writer. So it was, I did a creative writing course. And through that, I, and through going to therapy and talking about and looking at mental health with men and all that kind of stuff it all kind of came together into a stage play called pure mental which uh which i subsequently discovered is the name of a youth mental mental health mental health uh, charity in in the north of ireland yeah <laughs> i was actually gonna say uh when i was doing a bit of research very minimal don't be worrying now um <laughs> yeah I, I like to keep things organic on this podcast yeah when i read pure mental um that would be like often a term used back up home be like oh he's pure mental like to, i think it's a very dairy thing as well to say like pure for something so um immediately i was uh fascinated by what the show was going to be like as thinking maybe he'll be doing a character from home that i'll recognize <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm playing. I'm playing a Northern Irish gentleman uh, who who is just crazy. Um, it's yeah. It's, it's I suppose it's about mental health and and uh, and pure mental just seemed like uh, it's kind of a people would say it down south as well. Uh, pure, your pure mental. So it, it just seemed to fit that. I think people might come along thinking this is some sort of a comedy stand-up show, but it's very sort of autobiographical biographical so it's about my life and my childhood and some childhood traumas and me figuring them all out so it's kind of a mental health journey of mm. of a middle-aged man um that's kind of the what it is so it, so the the idea behind the title is that people might think oh we're here we go this is going to be a great laugh and then bam i hit them <laughs> next thing next thing they're crying and <laughs> Yeah, they don't know, don't know what what they're doing and why they came, and th- then they want their money back. So that's kind of the, how I see it going. <laughs> yeah, leaning in with a false sense of security, and then just yeah, emotional turmoil, and mm. um, yeah, see who survives. Really, <laughs> um, yeah, no refunds. Yeah, you have to have that printed on the ticket as well. Like, um, but I mean, that's one of your newest things, obviously, that have kind of came out, I suppose, within the last while of yourself. But um, maybe if we could kind of like take it back to the start. Um, and uh, God, I feel like there's going to be maybe another therapy session. <laughs> Tell me about your show, dude. <laughs> You're like, I've had enough. I'll, I've written a play. <laughs> I, I'm ready. I'm ready to go. But I suppose what I'm interested in finding out, because um, we're, we're, I'm, I'm really just going to dig deep here. No. Uh, <laughs> what oh, I, oh. <laughs> you can, I suppose, Connor, you can ask me. You can ask me anything. You're going to regret that in a very quick moment. <laughs> But I suppose, when did you first get into what I would know you for is presenting and broadcasting? When did you first get into this whole kind of field? Was it something that you'd always gravitated towards and had a passion for? Or did you maybe have another path potentially in mind? I mean, once you won, you know, um, in the hurling, were you thinking, this is uh, <laughs> this is my goal for life now? Or what kind of, what got you into this whole kind of world of media, I suppose, in general? Um, yeah, I mean, winning a medal... 
playing hurling in Kildare wouldn't wouldn't mark you as a good hurler. You, you just it's just it's not it's not it's, they're not known. There's better hurlers than Armagh, I tell you. Um, <laughs> but uh, we, yeah, look, I, I I suppose I got into it almost not by accident. I never really wanted an office job. I knew that for sure. And what I studied in college initially was was uh, was art and design um, for theatre. So it was kind of, it was, it was a bit of art and design. It was a bit of theater sets, you know, set design. And from that, I ended up going to uh, study acting. Uh, so it was um, uh, theater uh, performance was the name of the course. And I did that for two years. Uh, so I came out of acting, I went to college with a, with a, a diploma or whatever for acting. Um, I went for about three auditions, didn't get any of them and said, well, that's, that's enough of that for me. Uh, obviously <laughs> not knowing that most actors go for about a hundred to 200 auditions yeah. before they get anything but uh, I suppose at that age I wasn't prepared to kind of you know I didn't I didn't really feel like you know just being a waiter and going for auditions uh, at that time and that could have been a bad I probably was a bad decision at that point on, on, on my behalf but it kind of led me on to ultimately uh, myself and a friend from school end up living in a house together I kind of went traveling for a year lived in London for a while Mm. and ended up back in Dublin and living with the guy I went to school with and he had he had studied he had done his arts degree and then he'd gone on to study film uh I think he did a master's in film so we were living together we were talking about trying to put something together for either television or film you know television seemed too hard to get into mm. we didn't really have any equipment to film anything um movies obviously were we weren't we probably weren't in the right frame of mind or we didn't have the dedication to write a movie script. So we came across this uh, a community radio station that were, were offering free classes in radio. Um, Love it. And, uh, <laughs> it my, my friend Joe found it because he was filming uh, in a community radio station for a TV show at the time. He was on work experience. And uh, he said, look, I, I found this this radio course. Shall we do it? So, yeah, we, we, we kind of got two buses over to a place called Kulak in Dublin every Thursday night for six weeks to do this radio course. And at the end of the six weeks, then you had to, you had to put together a tape of an hour of a radio show. What would you do if you got an hour of radio? And we put together this, this hour with sketches, comedy characters, music, a uh, bit of banter, whatever. We put uh-huh. the hour together and handed it in as, as our end of course project. And they gave us an hour every week on, uh, on a radio station called Near FM in Kulak. Um, <laughs> And we did that for we we did that for about a year and a half. Like we continued getting the the two buses over to Kulak to do our <laughs> one hour radio show. We were like we were both working in pubs at the time, and that was our that's how we earned our, earned our money and paid the rent. And we were doing one hour of radio every every week for about a year and a half, and Jesus. and probably and and in the meantime drinking a lot and trying to work in behind the bar and pubs. <laughs> so that yeah. was <laughs> they either knew you behind the bar or the bus driver like yeah <laughs> but, the, the but, the, uh, but the thing about it was we we what we were doing was writing sketches we we were very influenced by shows like the fast show at the time i don't know if you if you've come across the fast show you're, you're too young um, um what, wait what's it called the fast show the fast show yeah the yeah. fast so show was, yeah you would you, i yeah. Um, I'll, I'll pass that one now. I feel not a judgment here, Keith. All right. <laughs> no, 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 Jesus, no. It was just, it was just a popular comedy sketch show on the television at the time, um, and uh, we, so we, used, we were sort of influenced by that. But we came up with our own comedy characters, mm. and 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 what we were doing, we'd write the script, uh, we, and then we would. What what I loved about the old, like, like things like. Uh, the Goon Show, or um, I think it was called. Anyway, stuff that Spike Milligan would have done, like that my yeah. father might have listened to. I was influenced by that, and what I liked was, I, I had this idea that they performed in front of the mic with the script live, you know. Yeah. And I think some of them did, but they probably didn't. So, mm. so that's what we used to do. We used to rock up with our script and perform it. We we didn't really have any. We didn't have any technical know-how, so we didn't have to pre-record and then edit and then upload it to the system. So we just came in with our scripts. We put CDs on. We, you know, we back and out CDs. Then we'd go into a sketch and we'd literally read out the sketch live off our piece of paper. Um, and yeah, I mean, I remember the most exciting part of that was like trying to 
get the photocopier to work so you could print off your script just before you went on air. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, so that's what we were doing. We were we, like, I mean, I wasn't, I didn't go in, I didn't go at it as a radio presenter. I went at it as a, wanting to do comedy characters and write scripts. And over the years, the radio presenting side of it got bigger. Mm. And I we've got more polished at presenting. Took me a bit longer. Joe was very good at it. But eventually then I became more of the presenter and less of the writer and comedy person. Um, so when I ended up, say, on 2FM with Bernard and Jen, mm. they were really were the comedy people. And I was the kind of the, the driver of the show, kept it all together, you know? Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, that's like, I suppose that's a fully like run reoccurrence of kind of a lot of the people I've spoke to so far have kind of been in some kind of way media based and some kind you know creative in the sense and it is so funny that so, nobody like ever like the route that they get to go down and they get known for nobody ever like has been like this is exactly what I want to do this is exactly how I moved into it and as someone who actually did study media <laughs> it kind of makes you look around your shoulder and be like what did I do? <laughs> but no, I think it also like offers, do you know what I mean? Like, as you're saying, you were going out, you know, just making up these characters, performing them live on air, which is kind of like insane to think about going out and be like, we're going to read a script. And it's like, <laughs> there's one thing if a joke doesn't land and you have time to edit it. But if you're like going away and someone, you know, slips a page or you're figuring, you know, as you said, printing off stuff, like I couldn't imagine like <laughs> what were you doing it. But like, obviously it lent itself quite well into, as you said, you move from that into like, radio stations like iRadio and 2FM and stuff like this so I mean it, it couldn't have done much harm anyways maybe maybe give you a little bit of uh yeah when you're having to deal with uh say like Bernard and uh Jen like maybe like yeah that improv style we're like right <laughs> we're live with a script here we fucking go <laughs> yeah yeah just it, it helped me just deal with whatever you know you're kind of just uh whatever was happening and just get on with it and then try and get the news in on time as well on top of it <laughs> I love that you said so blase as well. Or it's like, yeah, this is just kind of how I faded through it. But like me, I'm here. Obviously, people can't see, but I'm just being like, yeah, tell me more. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's, I mean, I, I mean, it is fascinating for people um, involved in media. But I think that the, I do remember somebody saying to me because I would I radio, I was involved in in uh, in hiring some of the talent for on air as well, um, and. So I kind of helped set the station up mm-hmm. and then eventually was one of the presenters on the breakfast show. But I remember somebody saying, saying to me, find the talent. You can train them on the desk. Do you know what I mean? Make sure they have the personality and the talent. You can get the, you know, you, most people, you can train them on the desk eventually. <laughs> it might take time, but, but that's not the important bit. You know, the important bit isn't pushing the buttons. The important bit is the personality. And, mm-hmm. uh, um, and, and that's, that's kind of, I suppose, maybe we had the personality and that's what got us, you know, because we did not have, we weren't polished at the start at all. I mean, I, I would be embarrassed to listen back. I wouldn't be embarrassed. I, I wouldn't be embarrassed. I just wouldn't be able to listen back to, it, to what it was. Yeah. I mean, um, if, yeah, maybe I'll, I'll, I'll try, I'll try to get out to the Kulak radio. I mean, if I, if I try an audition there, maybe another one, maybe there's, this isn't the right career path and I can get into acting. Do you know what I mean? We could switch routes. That's why I'm thinking yeah, if, totally, it, yeah. if this doesn't work out. <laughs> I think the thing about it is, like with anything, like you know, you can have a you can have a plan and you can be working towards it, but you never know which 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 way it might go. Somebody mm. said to me recently, you know, shake shake the apple trees, but don't be surprised if oranges fall out, and and that's okay, you know. <laughs> yeah, Does that make sense. <laughs> um, I mean, <laughs> I'll, I'll take your word for it now. <laughs> See, there's a lot of nuances that come from Armagh, the Orchard County, but a lot of oranges oh, well up there. Course, so, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and the or- yeah, yeah, okay. oh, wrong, wrong. yeah. I was thinking yeah. of a different way, but um, <laughs> but I suppose, <laughs> I suppose you're kind of talking about there, like, like this kind of path that you've taken. Um, obviously, that's taking you from acting and creative, and um, you know, making it into like radio and broadcasting this whole other route. But I suppose. What was, you mentioned a bit there about some of the sketches and stuff like this that would have maybe influenced you. Like, what was the inspiration behind the kind of humour and like, well, I suppose the content that I maybe like register with yourself. Like, is there anyone or anything that particularly influenced you in the kind of things that you'd be creating, I suppose? Um, 
I suppose we were trying to find, like with the comedy characters, like the, the my influences were the likes of, as I said, the Fast Show, uh, a lot of sort of English, I suppose, like, you, you know, growing up like Monty Python and, yeah. you know, uh, <laughs> And it's, it's, it's like, I, I would like, it's trying to find the funny in just the ordinary, like one of the things we said we would, we would never do is try and polish our accents. So we were from the Midlands of Ireland. We didn't want to, we had encountered many people in radio who had put on an accent where they sounded like they were somewhere between Ireland and America. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and they spoke with an affectation and we just like all, right from the start we're like we're, we're just gonna like you know we're just gonna speak with our own accents our own voice we're just gonna we just wanted to be real so yeah. we wanted real radio for you know for real people like just <laughs> just real so that was the, so the characters were real people like one of the characters i came up with was a we used to do this uh soap called air fingless which was like it was an airline uh, but it was based in Finglas in Dublin uh, and, and it ran out of a house, out of the back of a house in Finglas. Um, <laughs> and one of the characters was a girl called Tiffany Kiley, um, which I played. So I pitched up my voice <laughs> and her, just the way she spoke was just this woman that I worked with. There was a woman I worked with in the pub that I was working with and that was just the way she spoke. Mm. And that's how she said, she'd say things like, in all the nanny ways at the end of every sentence. And it was just like trying to find, you know, we just, funny stuff that people said you know we had I, I one of the characters was this uh local dublin councillor and his he really wanted to um he wanted his, his reason for being a councillor was to fill in the canals so they'd have more get rid of the canal get rid of the wildlife <laughs> and ha- have more room for uh for cars in dublin you know so <laughs> just silly silly stuff it wasn't even that like you know we we weren't highfalutin artists. We were just trying to find funny things that we thought other people would find funny. And I suppose a lot of the things that you'd see now on TikTok or on you know lads making funny videos on mm. on Instagram uh, would have been our kind of you know our, you know fifty things an Irish mammy would say and all that kind yeah. of stuff. So we, so we were just just real Irish humour delivered by two lads from the Midlands. You know that was it. But influence wise, sorry, I've kind of gone off script a little bit. Um, <laughs> I'll forget it. It was (laughs) Peter Kay used to do a thing. I don't. Do you know Peter Kay, the comedian? Yeah, Uh, yeah. I know Peter Kay. (laughs) He used to do. He used to have a show called um, Phoenix Nights. Oh yeah, with Paddy Um, McGuinness. Yeah, Paddy McGuinness was on the door. That's kind of uh, where Paddy came from. Uh, He was just a mate of his, Um, Mm. and he. I don't think he'd acted before anything, but uh, Peter Kay put him in the show. And I, I just loved the characters because they weren't necessarily kind of like the royal family, you know, like uh, mm. the dad and the mom. And they were just real, real people just but like and people loved them because they were so real. But Phoenix Knights is the same, like sort of off the wall, oddball characters, but real subtly funny. And, and yeah. it's just, you know, that that's kind of where we, we would have that's where we would have been looking and gotten a lot of our influence from, I think. Yeah, I suppose that's it. Like every, like even though I was chatting to uh, like one of my last guests on it was um, Kira King. Um, that would have been uh, well, she's still yeah with Two FM with Kristen Kira, and it's funny she was ta- talking about like how every region, do you know what I mean? Like um, especially around Ireland, has like where people pick up this kind of like humor or like they pick up these influences. Like there's so many different regions, do you know, that like it's just what everyday life that happens to people that they just kind of go like, wait, if you relay this back to someone, it's like, do, do they do they hear themselves? Or do you know what I mean? It's just so funny, unique little things that happen. But like, that's quite interesting as well. Like so much of it was from, you know, those UK comedies and stuff like that as well. Like, because I suppose that would have been like a big kind of source of like, the comedy and um well i suppose just things that influence I suppose your humor as well when you're uh would have been for myself um but, but even suppose... the likes of uh even the likes of tommy tiernan as well mm. and i would have i would have liked to go and see tommy live mm. um and just his it's observational comedy i suppose ultimately and it's like if you're looking at tiktok now and, and some and, and someone does it it's a sketch it's not necessarily hilarious but you just you're just like oh, fucking that's fucking i know that person <laughs> I've seen that person. I've heard that, you know, I know exactly who they're talking about. And that's, that's what it is. You know what I mean? Um, so it, it's that kind of stuff, but there are plenty of Irish comics. And I think the unbelievables as well. 
uh, Pat Short and John mm. Kenny were uh, were probably a big influence. Um, just seeing just seeing them on the Late Late Show doing their thing, I thought they, I always thought they were very funny. But um, yeah, Kira King, I I Kira King worked on iRadio, and I gave her her job, uh, the first job, her first radio job. All right, think, we flax her, yeah. <laughs> I just want I made her. <laughs> just just wanted to throw that in there. Yeah, if you're listening, Kira, yeah. <laughs> Kira, don't forget, I gave you your first job. Yeah, Kira, hello, hello, Kira. Oh yeah, Kira yeah, was, now, uh, Kira we'll start getting was, some hate mail in this now. No, I, 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 uh, I just found my soundbite for the episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Kira's great, big fan, big fan of Kira's. And as I said before, you can teach anyone the technology, but when you're hiring somebody and, you, and someone like Kira comes comes in to the interview, you you know you've got a good one, you know. Mm, mm. Yeah, that's what I remember it when I keep getting rejections anyway. It's, it's 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 not the technology that's wrong. It's it's me as a person. I'll take it personally. There's only, that's the only way too. Um but I suppose, yeah, you're kind of touching upon um this route that you came into, but um into the cold kind of broadcasting side, um, you know, as uh this background in creatives and probably being surrounded by other creative people. But what I uh, always kind of like to ask my guests, um, kind of before the, their career that they're most known for, for yourself, you know, broadcasting, presenting, um, maybe tell us about some of the character building jobs that you may have had growing up that maybe similar to like growing up, like in your areas and picking up different like humours or con- like, you know, inspiration from things that maybe inform the person that you are today. I don't know um, if you know what I mean when I say character building. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah, the odds and ends jobs. I don't know if uh, I suppose probably you've. I I mean, I'd actually listen to your own podcast there, and it was interesting when you were talking about working in the hotel and bits like that. I'm sure, uh, sure, plenty of those jobs uh, help kind of inform uh, <laughs> inform yeah, right. what way things turn out. But that was, I mean, that's it. Like, I mean, I I I, I, I probably know more than yourself. Like most people who get into media or performing, they're people watchers, you know. So. Stalkers, um, yeah, yeah, for your stick. We watch people, we observe people. I'm working in places like hotels, and, and I worked in uh, a couple of times in Jury's Hotel in London, South Kensington, uh, as a sort of a bellhop, concierge, bellboy, bag carrier. And um, I mean, that was a great job because um, just because of the, the type of person you'd meet. So, like, like boys on could be staying there one weekend. But also you have like people and I do the podcast with a guy called Mike, who I worked with. He was the head concierge. Uh, I worked with him. He uh, he told me which room to go to to collect the bags. Um, <laughs> and he just has great stories. And that's why I decided to do a regular bit with him on the podcast, because he's met everybody from Iggy Pop to to Kurt Cobain's wife to uh, Dolly Parton. to You know, they all stayed in the hotel he worked in, in the 90s. And it's just you know you're always like for me as a as a as a media person as a performer if you're putting a podcast together what you're all ultimately what you're looking for is stories mm. and what you what you get in places like hotels are stories and people with stories and people come up and tell you that all sorts of things uh when when you're carrying their bags um and you'll see all sorts of things you know like i mean i was a young man living in london kind of my first time outside of ireland and trying like trying to like knocking on the door and asking prostitutes to leave the room because they're not allowed in the hotel, you know? It was quite <laughs> quite the eye-opener, you know? Um, yeah, you wouldn't catch that around uh, <laughs> your, your hometown. Not a huge amount of that in Newbridge, you know? I'm sure th- I mean, you never I'm know. Sure, I'm sure there is. But... Maybe you're just not knocking on the right doors, like, do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, it's the red doors. Or the wrong doors, yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, so, I mean, obviously working in the hotel was a huge part of it, and, like, we... Uh, I mean, I just, it was just great crack. Uh, and it was just, it was, it was a great sort of baptism for someone being young and just heading over to London. Like Mike tells a great story of me coming for an interview for, for a job. Um, and I'd heard they were looking for Irish people because it's an Irish hotel. Mm-hmm. So they wanted Irish people at the, you know, on the front line, you know, behind the bar, at the desk, you know, you're greeted by a person with an Irish accent. That was kind of what they wanted. So the boss at the time said, anybody that comes in with an Irish accent, take their hand off, give them a fucking job. <laughs> so I came in and, and uh, I said, uh, I, he, he, he takes my accent off, but 
And I was like, I, 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 I believe you're, you know, have you any jobs going? And he said, have you got a CV? And I was like, I don't know, what, what, what's the CV? Um, so he, he sat me down and he said, uh, he said, okay, well, look, um, okay, well, tell me something interesting about yourself. Because in his head, he was like, I'm going to give this guy a job anyway, because he's Irish. Hmm. Um, he said, tell me a bit about yourself. And uh, he said, tell me something interesting about yourself. And I said, well, I worked on, um, I worked on the movie Braveheart last summer. Um, because, I, you know, and he was like, wow. Like, he was kind of, he was impressed. He was like, wow, that's amazing. I told him a little bit about working on Braveheart, meeting mm-hmm. Mel Gibson, all that kind of stuff. You know, how exciting. Well, he was kind of, wow, really impressed. Uh, and he was like, okay, fair enough. Well, you know, here, shook hands. You have a job. Come back here wearing a shirt and black trousers, and you know, next Monday or whatever. Mm-hmm. And he was delighted with himself. He went into the back office to tell the boss, and it was the boss and then this other guy. And the boss was from Kildare. I was from Kildare. <laughs> The head of finances from Kildare, and he went. <laughs> he, he went into. I've got a. I've got an Irish guy. I got a great. He's from Kildare. He said, "Fucking, you, you know, you know what? He worked on Braveheart." And the two lads looked at him. Ah, Jesus! Every fucker from Kildare worked on Braveheart. <laughs> so but they that, weren't that, ter- terribly impressed. That was your claim to fame until everybody else in the hotel was obviously working. Well, it was very impressive to very impressive to him, but just the lads from Kildare were like, Asher, everybody worked on fucking Braveheart. So they took the wind out of my sails anyway. But I got the job. That's the main thing. Yeah, that's the important part in it. Yeah, you managed to blag your way and Yeah, that'd be the same as, I suppose, when anybody talks about, like, of home like there's so many ones that's like oh yeah what, what were you doing oh I was just working on Game of Thrones the other week because I'd all be filming in Belfast stuff like mm. this and people especially tourists as well um, I used to work in some cafes or restaurants and they'd be like oh my god you know what I mean they'd be like that's crazy and you'd be like yeah no it, it is mad yeah yeah um, me and uh, everybody else in this place are yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> everybody yeah. everybody in the whole county has worked on it yeah we're like gold dust yeah. trying to find somebody yeah <laughs> But uh, yeah, that, I mean, that, and that was that was a great job working on Braveheart because you know Hollywood came to just outside Newbridge for the summer, and we all got jobs, and it was great. Like we were getting paid like fifty quid a day or something, and uh, it it was just it was magic. It was great because like for somebody to be from Athlone, living in Newbridge, not, I'd, I'd no concept of any of that kind of stuff, any of that mm. world, and then to see it up close was just you know. There was Mel Gibson just there standing beside me, talking to me. Not much. Yeah. He, didn't, he didn't talk to me much, but the odd time. <laughs> he might say, yeah. get, get out of my way, you know. But just when you want to confide sometimes, do you know what I mean? You're a shoulder to cry on, I get you, yeah. <laughs> but it, was, it was crazy, crazy time. But I suppose, yeah, those kind of jobs, they lend themselves quite well into, I suppose, anything where you're going to be talking to people, especially all the time and conversing and stuff. Um, it seems to be like those jobs were, you know, not essentially, you know, the most glamorous sets in the world. I mean, although you did say you're working on Braveheart, so actually quite a glamorous set. Um, quite glamorous. But, the, but, 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 but you're, you're right in what you're saying, like with the hotel, it brought me out of myself because I had to talk to the guests. I had to greet them. I had to make conversation with them. I had to, you know, so that was that was quite quite an education. So that was very well observed, young man. Oh, thank you very much. Yeah, <laughs> this is my first rodeo, actually. <laughs> but no, I suppose, yeah, that probably uh, helps itself, qu- lends itself quite handy for whenever you kind of are so much like in what you're doing now and I suppose what you've been known for doing as well. You know, chat to people constantly. It's uh, being able to meet those different personalities and um, yeah, be able to just drop little bombs like that here and there. Do you know what I mean? Like us right now, just been, <laughs> yeah, just me on this movie set. Yeah, just me will- winning this hurling uh, medal. Yeah, I get you. Um, but I suppose like from going on from that and into um, what has been such an eclectic career, um, like what... I'm wondering, what does an average day now look for yourself? Like, is there any day the same? I suppose we're in COVID. Nobody yeah. has an average day these days. But um, you were mentioning kind of, well, like the different bits that you're doing, like at the moment, like how, how's, it, how's it all come together, I suppose? Well, at the moment, we the play is on hold because of COVID. Uh, we were due to tour in November and December. So that's been put back to next year. And we we will be announcing the dates for that in January so it's good to know that that's all done it's in the bag it's written we kind of had most of it, the rehearsals done we were just about to go into tech rehearsals and then go we should have been we'd be on tour now this week um so it's kind of it's a little bit for me now of a little bit 
of time off, you know, because I'm like, well, that's that's there. It's done. I've done the work. Um, so I'm at the moment, I'm enjoying just some downtime, but I'm mostly working on making sure I'm mostly working on my own mental health and well-being and sort of and fitness. And and I do a lot of uh, I like do a lot of I'm looking I'm sort of doing a lot of research into and when I say research I'm, I'm trying and I don't want to say I'm doing a lot of meditation because basically I'm trying to do meditation you know I'm, <laughs> I'm trying to learn how to meditate which has taken me a long time but that's mm. my main foot my routine at the moment is you know get up in the morning the kids have to go to school uh, I do a bit of journaling so that's kind of part of uh, my mental health regime and then a bit of exercise which is a walk with the dog or a bit of a workout in the in the kitchen and then a bit of a bit of meditation and then I'm kind of and then I'm working I'm I'm either writing or at the moment I'm 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 making stuff I'm making art uh I've 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 put some Christmas cards together which I'm selling online I'm doing whatever I'm, I I've a calendar coming out for next year it's not a calendar of me in different poses. It's 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 a it's a it's a, it's a, it's a hand-drawn ca- calendar. But I'm doing anything. I'm doing whatever I want. It's it's amazing. I can just do. I can decide on a on a given day. I might try and do that, and then I'll give it a go. And, I, and I'm basically doing whatever I want, and it's wonderful. And and so so I've never had kind of that sort of freedom where yeah. where I have something in the pipeline coming up that I have to look forward to, and I just have this time to just and it's time spent with the family as well so it's bringing the kids to school collecting them being around in the evening just hanging out in the house and it's I'm having the time of my life to be honest with you yeah yeah and I mean you're doing charity work as well um by coming on to interviews so I mean (laughs) you're 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 honestly you're taking all the boxes like but no I suppose yeah I like for myself like obviously um you know young you know bright spark god taking the world by storm um <laughs> like obviously for me it's uh it's funny to hear like you know i'm kind of thinking oh what can i do constantly whatever like this to try and you know get to wherever like i, I don't really have like a permanent trajectory but um to hear you know about like i feel like that's been a constant thing with a lot of people have said you know with lockdown and you know this whole year has been kind of a write-off for some people but um it's given kind of opportunity to know to settle back for a wee minute and geez i sound like every single person that talks about covid but um god it just gives everybody time to just reassess what's happening but like honestly it feels like one of those ones that like for yourself is especially like it's you know it's like like a lot of people probably did kind of need that time and to just kind of like settle down like god knows i did i was uh you know literally straight from uni you know full-time education came down to dublin and then next thing everything went to standstill and i think it was the first time that everybody was given an opportunity to be like it's all right to you know breathe for a second guys like and um yeah it's uh it's, it's kind of been one of those things but i mean as you said no does the same anymore like that's kind of exciting in its own thing where you can kind of like you're going down these routes i suppose that as you said like trying to meditate yeah um and like all other adventures that i suppose you probably never had the time to before like between schedules and everything else like but it's nice like even just to come on this podcast and have a chat with you it's nice to be able to, i i i'm more likely to say yes to things these days you know um you know, I spent too long kind of turning things down and saying no. And, you know, it's just about, yeah, just say yes and give it a go and see what happens. So um, <laughs> a lot more open-minded and open to trying new things. Not in a weird way, though. Yeah. <laughs> so I was biding my time for a bit. I'll be like, when's, yeah, let, let, let's see when I can get on to Keith and I. Like, <laughs> um, but no, I spoke- think yeah yeah <laughs> waited for my opportunity um but i suppose like from all the things that you've been doing um i'm sure there must be some standout moments that have happened that um you maybe like is there anything that's happened you know from this career that and from life that you've been doing so far that you thought never could have imagined happening before i suppose maybe is it the show that you're you know that you've written is it um you know anything else like um has there been any big moments like so far in such a eclectic kind of background that you have that you went oh, shit didn't see this one around the corner yeah like uh, probably perf- performing like it's the show is a one-man show so we during lockdown we performed half it and uh um and like doing that something i'd written and perform 
myself. Uh, I got a huge amount of help though from from director Janet Morn and from mm-hmm. uh, Phil and the team in, in the Riverbank where we filmed it. Like so, I mean, there was there was a, a nice hard-working bunch of people behind it, you know. But yeah, that was an incredible moment to you know have done a work in progress. We did half the show live, and we had about four thousand people watch in the end. Um, some, something I'd written and 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 performed myself that was that was quite a moment and and probably something I didn't see, you know, when the breakfast show finished up, I was quite um, it was it was quite it was a hard thing to swallow, you know, that it was done, um, but ultimately it was it was great because it led me on to that, you know, and and I think you know there's a huge lesson in that that you you have to you have to turn your your um, disappointments into opportunities and you know. It went from a year, a year and a bit to of the breakfast show finishing up and me feeling quite devastated to perform my own play. And, uh, you know, that's but that's that's how that's how you can turn things around if you deal with them in the right way. And if you have the capacity to and it might take time, but you have to trust the process and stick with it. And, you know, things can come good. But, but that was quite a moment, I'd have to say. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it's it, It's nice that I think. I like to tell myself I'm going to peak late, you know, so I've, I've bigger things to come. I pity those, <laughs> I, I pity those who peaked, who peaked 10 years ago, you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, see, I mean, this is me peaking now. Like, so it's all downhill. Um, I mean, this, from here really. Yeah. Um, no, you need, you need to, you need to peak. You need to look to peak when you're 65 because. I guess. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if, if you peak when you're, if you peak too soon, that's not good. This isn't your peak. You know, you're, this is just a stepping stone, but uh, exactly, yeah. <laughs> that's when I when I, I hope to hit Hollywood at the age of sixty, and then my big movie will be sixty-five. You know. Yeah, you mean the third audition? Yeah, the first two that sent you off acting, but this third one, yeah, that's when it's going to get them. Yeah, I'm literally going to walk into the audition and say, "I'm back." Yeah, yeah. When they're filming Braveheart, yeah, too. Yeah, Braveheart too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there you go. You'll know exactly where it's happening. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, and I suppose, yeah, from like big things like that that have happened as well that you maybe never have experienced or the thought that would come to, you know, fruition. Have there been any, I suppose, <laughs> I don't want to ask this too much, but um, have, in doubt, have there been any kind of horror stories that have like kind of came from working, you know, between different things that like, I suppose you're came out of, or, you know, turned around and were like, geez, didn't expect that to happen. Um, I mean, not to, not to like deep dive or anything, you know, too impeding, like, um, but uh, have there been any kind of, you know, characters that you met or I suppose anybody from being in this kind of platform um, that you've, you know, you me, you're, people probably you're, you're looking for the, you want me to spill the tea. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> well, I mean, I'm, I'm given an opportunity. I'm not saying you have to. <laughs> I don't really, I actually, uh, I don't like, and then this is going to be the boring answer, but I can't, there's, there's not, there hasn't been anybody. Like the funny thing is with the breakfast show with myself and Bernard and Jen, um, like we were probably like coming in to do the show. If we, if you were a guest and you're coming on air with us, that was probably, uh, I'm not saying intimidating because we were big stars, but it was probably intimidating because we were mm-hmm. so like, loud and noisy and you know fucking in your face you know so that was probably intimidating for other people so anytime a guest came in it was quite awkward you know Hmm. um because you're dealing with three totally different quite strong personalities and then you know it it was all just kind of mad but i I don't i i I didn't really come across anybody that was difficult to deal with i tell you i met we had Sinead o'connor um when we worked when we did our show on spin myself and joe donnelly Hmm. Um, and we did the breakfast show there and we we got a text one morning from Sinead O'Connor and she yeah, that's me she most was, mornings as well yeah <laughs> but she uh, well, this is a big deal for us we weren't used to getting that kind of thing either and we were like it can't be the fuck it can't be that Sinead O'Connor really seriously and she was, te- she was texting yeah so we got our producer to give her a ring she said yeah I'm a big fan of the show I've, I always listen and uh she just texted in about something and we were like, well, would you come on as a guest? And uh, she was like, yeah, no problem. And before, <laughs> but before she, so she was due in on the Friday, she sent in her writer. So, and you know what a writer is, it's just yeah. her requirements, you know, for the uh-huh. show. So she sent in this big writer and she had like, um, 
like she wanted kippers she wanted so this is like <laughs> mostly breakfast stuff she wanted like dried fruits she wanted a selection of nuts she wanted uh oh like like soya milk which was a rarity back then she didn't want actual milk she wanted, and you know there's a big list mm. of shit we were like okay so we divided up the list you know me joe and the producer and whatever you get this i, I was like i'll get the kippers so we had everything you know when she arrived and everything laid out the kippers the nuts the everything was like i don't know something like greek yogurt no she's <laughs> mad woman <laughs> whatever we're like yeah whatever it's chanel o'connor we give her whatever she wants and she walked in and she we were like oh we have your breakfast we, and she was like so I was fucking taking the piss. <laughs> she, she didn't want. She just made up a load, of, a load of shit, just taking the piss out of us. And yeah. uh, and we were like, we just didn't get the joke. We were just like, oh yeah, she must. This is normal. And uh, she was, she was really, really sound, really nice, uh, really cool. Like you know, and I always try and, I always try and tell people because sometimes. Uh, she's had some issues with her mental health and she's dealing with them. Um, but I, like, I'm a big fan of hers. I love her music and she's totally sound and totally with it. And she has moments on social media, but, but that's not, doesn't reflect. Mm. You know, I, I think people have the wrong, people think that she's, that she's mental. Do you know what I mean? Mm. And she just isn't, you know, she's lovely. And yeah. uh, so, so I suppose from somebody that you might, because you'd often hear if you had someone coming in for an interview, you'd, you'd, someone would always say, oh, fuck, watch that person. Absolutely crazy. Mm. And Nobody never... warned you about me. No. No, no, I didn't. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Unlucky, yeah. Uh, I didn't. Uh, but I've never, I, we never really encountered anybody. I think people will, people will act as they find you. And we always try to, like we did with Sinead O'Connor, we got the kippers for her. You know, we always try to make people feel comfortable. Mm. But uh, that, that's... Uh, that wasn't a horror story, but just a nice story, you know. And Sinead yeah. O'Connor is one of the good people, you know. Well, I mean, if you're, <laughs> if I mean, that's that's kind of <laughs> golden ticket right there. Like, um, any horror stories? No, like, but I just have this fantastic story about Sinead O'Connor. I mean, <laughs> yeah, like if you if you're walking away with nothing but like good things to say, I suppose that's kind of the best <laughs> answer to the question I kind of got. Is like, no, it's been a, it's pretty, pretty, pretty good. That's that's quite funny with the writer's story though. Um, I've heard that apparently, like, that's quite a big thing for different acts that would come on. They um was like put something like one outrageous thing on a writer just to see how well the production team will kind of like deal with it and if they can't get the writer right then it's a lot of time for like live acts and staging it's like you know that they aren't looking at the other things right but apparently that's it but um i mean she was she was coming on for an interview so maybe yeah i'd say she was just taking the piss like <laughs> she was totally totally taking the piss i mean she just said oh, lads i was taking the piss and she was great yeah. she was great she, she was really good I'm trying to. Get, I'm. I'm. I'm currently trying to contact her to get her on the podcast, but I don't know if that's well, going to work. She could be listening I'm, to this, Sinead. If you're listening, contact me. Don't do Connor's podcast. Do mine first. You can do Connor's afterwards. Yeah. All right. All right. Okay. We'll give you a minute at the end. To... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sinead is actually one of my two listeners. On yeah, Sinead and Kira King. Yeah, they're uh, they're my main two ones there. But I suppose yeah, like we've kind of discuss everything from how you got started into, you know, where you are now and um, Sinead O'Connor and um, everything else and in between. But I suppose, what now does the future hold for yourself, Keith? Like, is there, like, as you said, no day is the same. You're kind of taking it as it comes. Is there a five-year plan or is there any big goals that you want to achieve that maybe you haven't yet? Um, I mean, is there anything out there that can really top interviews i mean because like mm, i think this is it i've peaked i've peaked mm. this evening you're wondering when this is now yep um yeah look I, I don't know i think um i have some goals i have some goals like for for the podcast for for the show um i have some plans to write some more there's there's a book i'd like to write um and i think i just you know, I think I've learned more and done more since I finished up with 2FM on the radio than I had in the previous 20 years. So <laughs> I'm quite excited for the next five years. You know, if, if, the, if the first year is anything to go by, fucking watch out, world. <laughs> watch out, world. I am, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm coming at you, you know. Uh, but yeah, plenty of, plenty of plans. I want to just try a bit of everything and see what happens. 
Yeah, I mean that's it. Like life's a buffet. Might as well treat yourself. Yeah, totally. have a bit of everything. Yeah. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Don't make a bland. Yeah. That's the plan. <laughs> well, I mean that's a. That, I mean if the. If there's going to be any plan, that sounds probably like the best thing. Yeah, just try a bit of it all. Like, but I suppose, Keith, uh, I could obviously, you know, talk your ear off, um, really deep dive into this um, hurling career that you could have had. Um, you know, I could really you know, grill you on some of the acting things that you maybe done. But uh, I'm very conscious that um, I was just grateful to get you on for the podcast. Um, so, no, I just want to say, like, thank you so much um, for taking the time out this evening and sitting down and chatting with a complete stranger on the Internet. <laughs> I really appreciate it. Um, no problem. I, Thanks for having me on, Connor. And I suppose um, if people... <laughs> I love saying this at the end, like as if because the guests I'm talking to are much more well known than they would like know me. But you've, if you've people, do, you've got to do your job, Connor. Come on, do but it. if people bring it home, know. Connor, bring it home. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, that's what needs some support at the end. If people maybe don't know you or want to maybe you know see what you're doing, yeah, if they want to find out, yeah, when Sinead O'Connor is next on your own podcast, mm. where can they find you? What are you on? Um, how can they get in touch? Um, to similarly, you know. Um, just completely grill you about your life the same way that I did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Look, I'm 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 open. I'm available on Instagram and Twitter, but also you can you can check out my podcast at the moment. It's the Keith Walsh podcast. Very. I I spent a long time coming up with the name, and yeah. <laughs> and don't for, and don't forget if you see tickets for Pure Mental, if it's on the theater near you around the country, sometime probably halfway into next year, we're going to leave it till after spring buy some tickets and bring your friends that's it yeah that's it do you know what I mean there's some time for the vaccine yeah people won't have excuses anymore like yeah totally totally I'll be giving out free vaccines at the show I mean that's it that's yeah. that's your style on the poster then that's yeah the <laughs> pure mental you stand there with a big syringe saying oh yeah every line up yeah um well no here honestly thank you again like I do mean it so genuinely and uh yeah I uh, can't wait to see what else you come out with next honestly I'm I'm excited more than anything for it um but uh yeah thanks so much and enjoy the rest of your evening sir thank you very much Connor best of luck to you with the podcast and everything well, thank you <laughs> Bye. Bye now. Bye, man. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Finterviews. If you would like to support the podcast, please do remember to give us a like, share, subscribe, and give us a rating on whatever listen platform you're on. Make sure it's five stars. All of that really honestly does help so much with the show and getting in the charts. Because, yeah, we want to show that um, everything's going well for us. And if you would like to give us a suggestion who you would like to hear me interview next, you can find me on socials. I'm on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. It's Finterviews, Finterviews underscore podcast and Finterviews pod. So anywhere you type in Finterviews, you'll probably find me there. And you can get in touch and let me know who you think I should chat to. Thank you so much again for tuning in. And hopefully I'll hear from you very soon. Bye.